Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Hey, good morning, everybody, on this lovely Thursday afternoon, fully recovered from our election. <laughs> and I have uh, in our studio today, Mr. Kevin Miller, author, captain, uh, man of all kinds of trades, aren't you? Yeah, right now it's author's number right, one. Right now it's author, right? That's the paying gig. So, um, okay. So here it is, the sequel, right? The, and, and I can duly say, I can really say long anticipated. I know people were waiting to find out what happens. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and I've noticed it's a lot thicker. It is. This is, uh, <laughs> this is an epic novel. You know, Raven One was 120,000 words and this, uh, weighs in at 160,000. Wow. So now you know you're an author when you count words, right? Oh yeah. That's, to me, that was just the thesis. That's the, you know people ask me how many pages. Well, words and no pictures. You're graduating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Okay. So tell me, uh, you know, I, I think you you got into the first one, which was which was Raven One. Obviously, still available, right? Yes, you still have on copies. Amazon. Absolutely, it's been out a little over two years, doing great. Yeah. Okay. So you wrote that one knowing, and if, if I remember you correctly. About halfway in, you were like, there's going to have to be a second book, right? Because there was just too many stories to tell. You know, um, Raven One takes place in the Persian Gulf and, uh, you know, where I, where I spent some time in my previous life. Uh, this one, I took, uh, Flip Wilson and Olive and Weed and I promoted them. And now we're in the Caribbean and there's another story to tell. It, it's a new story and it's a new part of the world. And so we get into the, uh, you know, the, geopolitical situation down there and mm -hmm. what the United States military is doing and not doing. But uh, uh, in declared hostile, the United States takes the gloves off. Yeah. Which we've been known to do, haven't we? Uh, you know, a little, <laughs> you know, and, and it, the, uh, the, the impetus uh, on this one uh, is the, the drug war mm -hmm. such as it is that the United States has been fighting now for, for decades. And I'm not sure to, to what effect. Uh, but, uh, we talk about that, that situation down yeah. there, you know, and the, uh, it's, it's a business. It's a, a very lucrative one at that, from yes, what I understand, a multi-billion dollar business. And to give you an example, just the, the cocaine trade alone mm -hmm. per year is $85 billion a year. Wow. Now to give you a sense of 85 billion, you know, the, the Lockheed Martin, the number one defense prime contractor, 45 billion. Mm -hmm. a year um uh let's see uh, google is probably 80 billion uh amazon 100 billion so just to give you a sense of how big uh that that bunch of money is and their overhead is a uh, very very small just a small fraction of it is yeah. overhead well, uh, why is that just because of of the the primitive ways they use to transport it and get it out of here and yep. and the labor that they used yeah, to uh, produce yes it? And, and uh so uh you know that it's it's easy to produce and 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 it, it comes in the United States through the Caribbean, mm -hmm. but also the Pacific, uh, through all kinds of ways, from speedboats to little airplanes, bigger airplanes. It can be smuggled in container ships. You know, it's it's hard to find. And, yeah. And so, uh, you know, of course, once it gets into the United States and into Europe, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's where the demand is, and that's where the big money is spent. So okay, so. Is this what years are the, is this placed in? This takes place today. Okay, and, so it's very present. You yes. can relate it to what's going yes, on right now. Absolutely. Okay, and so I, I've 
let's tell people a little bit for those that don't know, obviously we've had this conversation before, so we need to clue some people in, but, um, give them a little background because you're a pilot you used to fly. So a lot of this stuff is coming from real experience. I was a carrier aviator in the eighties and nineties. And, uh, I ended up flying the FA 18 Hornet. That was my primary aircraft. And, and for your listeners here in the local mm-hmm. area, that's what the blue angels fly. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so I finished my career about 10 years ago um, and retired out of the Pentagon. And uh, after I finished, one of my friends said, you should write a book. And I I really didn't think that I had one, you know, that my career was not all that remarkable compared to. Yeah, it was, man. Peers. You were flying planes. <laughs> <laughs> you were shooting things. <laughs> but I said, OK. So I, anyway, I, I finished Raven 1. It took me, you know, many years of fits and starts. And I finally finished it. And I said, you know, I've got something here. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I tried to, to market it in New York and failed. I'm, I think I'm in good company along those lines. I'm told that Margaret Mitchell was rejected 29 times for Gone with the Wind. Yep. There you go. Um, but the Kindle and digital reading is like the Gutenberg press and, uh, Amazon makes it very easy for an independent like me, you know, and again, the New York agents that I queried. Yeah, I've got this book. What do you think? And they said, well, you know, it's not for me or, you know, this and that. Uh, they, you know, they, they may not think there's not much of a market for them to get involved. Uh, but as an independent, there's quite a market. And, uh, you know, both books now have, have sold over 20,000 copies. Yeah. And, uh, uh, it's very easy to, uh, to, to enter on Amazon. I, I found a local editor. Her name is Linda Wasserman. She's wonderful. And I have a publisher, a new imprint on this one, Brave Ship Books. And, uh, so, you know, and Jeff Edwards at Brave Ship, his motto is, you know, we can write smart books for smart readers. We do not have to write what the New York publishing world sure. wants us to write. Yeah. And it's it's very nice. Well, and with the ease of access of sort of direct to consumer these days, which is um, obviously why people like me and the other entrepreneurs that are in this building, why we thrive, right? Because we don't have to go through the old school ways of doing business anymore absolutely you know and this this book right here this you know 1.1 pound book (laughs) he's even waiting ladies and gentlemen (laughs) that's awesome and that's you know the the, sure trade space will tell you exactly how much it weighs because it's it's because you got paper that you got the shipping right yeah but uh this book you know if only one person on earth wanted it uh with uh print on demand it just hit enter and it prints out one book that's awesome whereas 10 years ago if you wanted an actual book in your hands You, know, you had to order thousands of them yeah. and keep them in your garage. So I, I really feel for the authors of, you know, 10, 20 years ago that the independents that had to do that. But, uh, 98% of my title sales are digital sales. That's awesome. So saving the world one book at a time, right? One book, at, yeah. <laughs> one book at a time. So, um, okay. So with it being print on demand, how long does it take to get to me? It, uh, well, you can say, you know, rush delivery. And I, I think it's just a matter of hours. Yeah. Uh, on, on, uh, you know, UPS or FedEx or whoever, but, uh, uh, you know, typically, uh, I, I think a week to 10 days is yeah. reasonable. Okay. That's cool. So, cause you know, some people would think oh, print on demand. It's going to be, you know, a month or two before I yeah. get it. So of course you could always just be like every other consumer these days and just get it instantly. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and do the digital download. It's right on your Kindle and on, you know, there's Kindle apps on phones and that's what I find myself doing now. It's, yeah. it's so, so easy. So, um, and I like the fact that I like having a book in my hand. So what I've been doing lately is I don't have a Kindle, but I've been using my old tablet mm-hmm. and I even put it into a case so that I can hold it like I've got a book in my hands. But man, I'll tell you, it's awesome because I'm, I'm carrying around 30, 30, 40 different books at a time. Right. In my ADD, that's perfect because I can read a couple chapters into each. But 
um, it's we've moved into such a day and age where you can get this information and you can get it into your quick. So what is let's give people sort of um, some more insights here. Right. So because this is a big book, so it's going to take you a minute. But what are some of the highlights you think uh, as you were writing this? What made you smile? What made you go? Oh, yeah, this is. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> I think, um, you know, I, I spent time, some time in the Caribbean in, in the 80s. Uh, you know, the Caribbean it was a good was, era was for of, the Caribbean. I hear it was kind of it was kind of a big deal. You know, Nicaragua was yep. uh, was an issue, and 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 Panama was with Noriega, and, and uh, so had, had spent some time flying around down there, and in port visits in the Caribbean islands and in Saint Thomas and in Puerto Rico. It's it's just a beautiful area, and the, and the flying there is is terrific. However, yeah, there is uh, the dark side of man, absolutely, and and so there's this uh, these cartels. Uh, and, and just, uh, and just, you know, South American society. So what I learned in my research mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and we learn through stories. And, and so, you know, the readers can get a, an insight into the geopolitics, of the area, the, the cartels, you know, uh, you know, we think of Colombia mm -hmm. and, and, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago, that was, you know, the main place they, they have moved that operation now over to Venezuela for a couple of reasons. One is the Colombian government. <laughs> what government? <laughs> well, well, you know, miraculously, they they were able to to, to get their country back and, mm -hmm. and get a hold. So they moved over to friendlier Venezuela. Now, Venezuela, of course, is in the news and and has had a, uh, you know, a totalitarian government for mm -hmm. some time now. Venezuela has the top oil reserves of any country on mm -hmm. earth by far. Yeah, I remember a couple of years I mean, back when know, we three hundred billion this. barrels of reserves. I mean, and. But the Venezuelan people are struggling right now, big time, and and of course also there is uh, is uh, the, the drug trade is 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 well ensconced. Mm -hmm. um, Panama is you know is you know is just group booming you know in tall buildings and there's money all over the place. And uh, as I write in the book, it's it's not from collecting fees. Sure. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And and funds are being laundered and. And so, you know, it's just, just learning about this and, and how other countries around the world that don't wish us well, countries in the Middle East and, mm -hmm. and the, you know, Russia, you know, you, you know, for a certain amount of money, if the cartels want a submarine to ship products, mm -hmm. they can buy that yeah. and get that built for them by somebody. And, and there they go. Yeah. And it can be built uh, relatively cheaply and it can be just, you know, one shipment. Yeah. And then just, you know, sink the So thing. it's disposable submarine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so, and then this also, you know, you hear, you've heard a lot, uh, I guess, over the last couple of years, especially um, with some of the movies that have come out, but uh, Mexico being huge in, in part of this, this cartel and drug trade. But um, from what I hear you saying is that a lot of it's coming from further south, right? We're just happening to either catch it in Mexico or Mexico is getting the highlight because that's where it's being found. Well, it, it, uh, it works its way north. Yeah. And, and it, you know, again, through, you know, waterborne. Yeah, through all the Caribbean the tunnels islands, and stuff that they had that, through the Bahamas, yeah. through the Yucatan Peninsula, along the Pacific coast, and through Mexico. Yeah, and and yes, you mentioned tunnels. You know, nowadays there's these things called drones that yeah. everyone has. <laughs> we have one next door. That's right. Everyone although has not it. used for and, trafficking and, drugs. Well, that's right. But you know, just but you know, you just put <laughs> put a little package of something in a drone mm -hmm. and you know pop it over you know the yeah. fence some somewhere and it, and it lands in another country and and there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So how much of, or did you do any of this in, in your time of, of serving and on the carriers and stuff? 
were some of the missions you were called out to having to deal with with some no okay. and that's and that's another thing that I touch on in in this book uh uh this is a law enforcement problem mm-hmm. and the coast guard is a law enforcement agency yep. so uh you know in the military if you come across okay that's a that's a suspected vessel, vessel you know we right. think so you know we're not going to you know we're not going to detain it what we would do is call the coast guard over and the coast guard would go stop it and the yep. coast guard is allowed to do that and they can use weapons to to blow mm-hmm. out engines mm-hmm. you know and stop the vessel and then they arrest everyone yeah um in my novel though the united yeah. states takes the gloves off yeah and and uh you know it doesn't have to deal with with that again it's a novel it's fiction and, sure uh but uh it, it but you got a couple of heroes they, they gotta break the rules every that, once in that, a while that's right? right yeah exactly so um okay so what's What's next on the promotional tour, if, if we can say that, even though you are, you're pretty staying here pretty local, but, uh, I know you have an event Tuesday, so let's tell everybody about that. Yeah, that, that is a, uh, uh, as actually a, uh, a, a private launch party that, that we're going to have, uh, downtown invitation. However, uh, Brave Ship Books is a new imprint that I went with. And mm-hmm. before it was, uh, Stealth Books with, mm-hmm. with Jeff Edwards that I mentioned. Brave Ship is a uh, kind of a larger entertainment company and and what I have found is that video games bring yeah. in more revenue per year than movies and mm-hmm. music combined. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, video gamers, you know, these guys that develop they're looking for storylines and so uh my novels uh are going to be looked at mm-hmm. to say okay you know can so many aspects we can make a, a video game out of yeah this. because a video game these days isn't just plugging in and getting in a and a plane and flying a simulator anymore right everybody it's got a story it has characters it yes. has some role playing that goes along with it so every video game now you really are living a story as opposed to just flying a plane right and 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 there'll be you know so you know we got cross-selling here uh okay here's this here's this video game who knows what they'll name it let's mm-hmm. say they name it declared hostile uh, but I think uh, Raven One's you, a pretty good and, title myself. And, and Raven One's a good, <laughs> we'll talk about that title. Yeah. In a minute. Uh, but uh, you know, someone will will get the video game. But if you read the book, mm-hmm. you're going to find little things to uh, to in the game that'll help you. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. so you know, it, this is all new to me, and and this is uh, very nascent. I believe this month, Brave Ship is going to you know kick off their their marketing effort. Yeah. How funny is it though? Like you honestly, I know you see video games and things like that are new to you, but with all of the training that you've had and stuff, like that's been right up your alley, right? Like uh, you had to do hours of flight simulation, I'm sure, yes. as well as real pilot hours, right? But I mean, you were living the things that we're all wanting to go play in the video games with. You know, um, my career kind of transcended that. I, I got here uh, 35 years ago, this month actually, to Pensacola to begin my, my journey. And, mm-hmm. and it was good old fashioned paper manuals and study. <laughs> and books, and, huh? Books. Know, and you, <laughs> yes, we, and we actually even had simulators back then, but they had round steam gauge dials, mm-hmm. as we called them. Uh, and then at the end of the eighties, I started flying the Hornet and this was computer based instruction. Yeah. Whoa, you know. And, uh, so, you know, we, we look at a computer screen and it would have a multiple choice question about whatever system we picked the right one. Eh, wrong answer. Yeah. So we go back and study until we got it right. But but yes, and and nowadays you can't buy you know steam gauges for airplanes yeah. anymore. Everything is glass, which mm-hmm. is you know uh, you know touch screen displays on on modern aircraft. Uh, absolutely, today's generation yeah. are the digital natives that that have grown up with that from day one. Unlike me, yeah. And uh, it is so natural. And these guys are so good and so 
quick. Yeah. You know, just, just bombarded with information in the cockpits mm-hmm. that I can only imagine. And, and they're managing it by themselves. Yeah. So, um, do you think if you got, have you been in, inside an F-18 lately? Have you sat inside one and been like, Oh dude, it was like starting <laughs> over. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, gosh, I'm trying to think the last time I was in a, in a Hornet, uh, simulator. I don't know. It might have been five, six years ago somewhere. I can't remember. Um, but I, I do feel that if I got in one today, I could fly it. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the stick and computers are not, it's like a, like the aerodynamics and all that stuff. It, right. It doesn't change. Right. And, you know, as far as all the, all the buttons and, and displays, okay, how did that work again? And mm-hmm. I think it would come back to me pretty soon. Uh, I, I would not be safe. At, <laughs> I'd, I'd be, you know, you know, maybe not the green flag from the control yeah, tower. <laughs> that's right. You know, a danger to myself and others in formation. But, uh, but if I was transported into one airborne right now, I'm confident I could land it. Yeah. Very cool. So do you miss it? Do you miss flying? Sure. Yeah. Yes. Any yeah. plans to just do yeah. some, some hobby stuff? You know, I've, I've been flying recently. Yeah. I've, I, I want to learn, man. I, I just got so back bad. into it. And, uh, uh, through, through a buddy of mine at, at church and right over here at, uh, at the airport. And, uh, another friend that I work with, our business colleagues, uh, he has his own airplane. And so I, I, I get to fly it around and, and, you know, people have asked me, you know, since I retired from, uh, the Navy 11 years ago, you're going to get back into flying. Well, maybe one day. And I think that mm-hmm. that day is now here. Good. Good. So, and I, you know, I know through Raven one and just us talking and some of the other stories that you've had, Obviously, there have been some not so much fun experiences in those times that you've been in those F-18s. But do you get into a plane now and, and sort of it, it I, I, I always picture the top gun, right? After he loses his goose, you know, and he's kind of tweaking out and he's, you know, but does, does everything come flooding back to you when you sit in the cockpit? A, a lot does. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, um, you know, flying a Cessna. Yeah. Is, uh, you can't be good barrel rolls and G turns in that you, one. You, but. Know, you, you can't do it. You know, if you do a barrel roll or a G, you know, you're yeah. probably not going to end well. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it comes back. And, and, uh, you know, so for me, uh, what came back last is comfort about talking on the radio. Yeah. You know, and really, and, cause you know, you want to be concise and, and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you've heard air traffic control transmissions before. So mm-hmm. What did that guy say? You know, and, and even those of us that have some familiarity have to, okay, you know, say again, please. Uh, but, uh, but everything else, it, it does come back and, yeah. and it's, and it's, it's, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Well, that's good. So, you know, I, I can imagine that just, you just get a rush of, uh, like I know, you know, being the chef for 25 years, when I get back into a kitchen or I'm working around five or six other people, uh, it's like a flip of a switch, man. Yeah. It all comes yeah. back. I get every emotion that I ever had. And then, you know, nine times out of 10, things are good and we're running smooth, but I, I, it's like a high, right? And you just, you just hit the ground running. And, uh, I, I would assume flying has got to be the same. Like you just what, don't what forget I that. What I missed most, well, you know, you, you miss a lot of things. Sure. I mean, you know, to be on the flight deck and see a sunrise, you know, and, uh, but what I missed a lot was the challenge of, of being in a, mm-hmm. in a multi-plane formation and, and doing something and the camaraderie with, with guys, yeah. you know, but, you know, back when, when you, you're back on deck wherever you are and you talk about it and, and just the, the side splitting humor every single day, mm-hmm. you know, being, you know, being around guys like that in a squadron. Yeah. Pretty cool, man. Um, okay. So what's next? There's another book. is Absolutely. <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm writing it now. Um, we're going to go to the Western Pacific ocean this time. Are these all places you've been? I've not been in the Western Pacific. Yeah, okay. I, I spent my career, uh, in the Atlantic and the Mediterranean, Caribbean, the Indian ocean. Yeah. 
lots of time. You know, I did not put my feet into the Pacific Ocean until about four years ago, five years ago in my life. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's quite different than it is over it, here. It, yes, it is. <laughs> and, and while I have flown in the Pacific, but mm-hmm. not the Western Pacific, I didn't deploy there yep. to, you know, to, to uh, but uh, we're going to go there this time. And uh, again, a new, uh, a new geopolitical situation uh, in the South China Sea. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's it's a huge area of global trade. You know, five trillion dollars mm-hmm. of trade every year goes through there in seventy thousand container ships with dozens wow. and dozens of containers. And and there's there's you know the the countries of the Pacific Rim, uh, you know they're all scrambling for resources. Sure. And fish. Yeah. Yeah. Is it is an island. Re- <laughs> yeah. Right. It's <laughs> a huge resource, and so you know. You know, from China to Vietnam to the Philippines, Japan, and and all other countries, they're they're scrambling for fish. And the South China Sea is loaded with fish. Mm-hmm. It's very rich fishing grounds. However, it's being overfished, yeah, and possibly to down to nothing. And these countries are scrambling for that last bit. So they can come over um, here and get some of our lionfish if they want. They can. <laughs> uh, d- didn't they originate that, that species there? I, I, I think so. So, um, in the South China Sea, there are reefs and rocks mm-hmm. and, you know, really shoals and, uh, but, uh, countries led by China, but lots of other countries, they're all doing this, are making islands and they're making claims. Mm-hmm. This is ours and you got to stay away and economic claims and it's going to lead to tension. It has led to tension. Uh, you know, and there's, there's been some situations over the past decades. Um, I'm going to explore that in, yeah. in this, in this next one. And, and this is, this is going to be a, uh, a, uh, this is going to be a tough one. Yeah. You know, this is, you know, how's it, how, how are two big superpowers going to handle this? Yeah. Well, you know, that do they, in, in your career of, of flying and being out on deck, and I know a lot of times you guys just, you get the order, right? But did they take that time to really, I guess some of it you would probably already know, but did they take that time to really explain to you some of the, why you're doing what you're doing or, or what the geopolitical, you know, thing is? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you and, knew you were never just and, like, hey, blindly just get in this plane and go do this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We we had we had some sense of, uh, uh, you know, from our our, um, our superior officers mm-hmm. or what have you, our, our leadership aboard. Okay, that this is why we were doing this. Uh, as I, you know, rose in rank and and responsibility, I'd have more insight mm-hmm. from people like the Air Wing Commander and and the ship's admiral. Okay, this exactly, you know, what level of, uh of controlled violence, quite yeah. frankly, you yeah. know, do you want me to accomplish, sir, on this mission? Right. Okay. We want you to do this, this, do not do that. Okay, good. This right. is so, and, and, uh, we are very disciplined and we're going to bring just the right amount of force that the United States wants, mm-hmm. not us. You know, we're, we're getting our, our, our leadership, yep. uh, you know, from above, from National Command Authority in Washington. Right. So, and I, I always wondered that, because, you know, in the movies, you just see the, the pilot gets the order and he goes out and blows stuff up, right? But I, I would imagine that you have to have some understanding uh, um, of what's going on. But on the other side, you guys are there, you're out there, you know why you're out there. I'm assuming the the gentlemen and, and officers are smart enough to kind of do their own research, right? And and kind of see. You're, you're uh, you know, you're given, you know, rules of engagement. Sure. You've heard that term. And, uh, uh, you know, now with, with modern technology, I mean, you know, you're connected all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, now, now really it's just so, filtering what, what's true and what's not true. Right. Yeah. So, well, but, but not only that, there, there's someone, you know, big brother, if you will, that's always watching you mm-hmm. or you have radio contact to, you know, to some, probably a, a general somewhere mm-hmm. 
who was talking on the phone to someone else in Washington, mm-hmm. you know, while you're flying your airplane over wherever you are. Whereas, say, in World War II, okay, guys, we want you to go over the horizon. Right. And if you encounter this, this is kind of what we want to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and hopefully and, you'll make it back. <laughs> and, and, you know, and then, you know, so that they, they would come back hours mm-hmm. later and, uh, okay, well, what happened? Right. But now, with it, satellites and there's radios yeah, everybody's and there's watching. imagery that's transferred up and down and you're seeing it real time. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, the long arm of, of Washington, if you will, or, or higher headquarters can reach into your cockpit. And, you know, there, there's some benefits, but there's some others to that too. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right. So let's let everybody know where they can find this, where they can get it. And, uh, let's see if we can't sell you some books, man. Declared Hostel and Raven One are both found on Amazon, uh, exclusively on Amazon, uh, uh, in the uh, in the digital format for both mm-hmm. exclusively. Uh, they can also find them at Barnes and Noble. You can ask for them, and, and they'll deliver it at, at any bookstore. Books a Million, you okay. can find it there. But uh, by far, it's it's Amazon, and yeah. it's delivered right to your door. Very cool. Buy a drone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sooner than later, right? So. Um, do you have a website set up or you've got Facebook or anything where people yeah, can connect uh, with you? Yeah, Facebook, uh, Raven One. And, uh, and also you can, you know, you can send me an email. Uh, it's in, it's in the back of the book. It's Kevin at kevinmillerauthor.com. Uh, by all means, you know, feedback. And, uh, yeah. you know, one of the, one of our hallmarks is in aviation is okay. You know, you, you, you get a debrief on, on how you did. And, and so, uh, you know, people send me debriefs and some people I don't even know send very nice words on Amazon. Some are, mm-hmm. are other. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's just the way it is. And so, uh, you that's know, all right. you, you even, got pretty thick skin. I imagine. Uh, absolutely. You can take it, right. A- aviators <laughs> do. And, and, uh, and even from what you call an other, uh, you can learn something. And, yeah. uh, and, and I did with, with, uh, declared hostile, you know, some of the feedback I got on Raven one, I, I took that into account mm-hmm. to try to write a better book and I'm going to try to write an even better book this time. Very cool. Well, I am excited for you, man. Congratulations. Thanks so much. Two Keith. down and yeah. 10 more to go, That's right? right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep writing. It's, it's, I do it, man. It looks like yeah. it, it, you enjoy it a lot. And I think that's, it that's and, what matters. And, and people, people are, are very kind and, yeah. and they enjoy it. And, They're and fun pe- stories, man. And people are learning and, yeah. and that's good. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming out and hanging out with us today. Thank you, Keith. Guys, you can find us at Picola Radio X on Twitter. You can find us at Picola BRX on Facebook, or you can find us at our website at Pensacola.BusinessRadioX.com. Again, Kevin Miller here with Declared Hostel. Uh, guys can find it on Amazon. And uh, thanks for coming in this morning and hanging out. And uh, guys, this has been Pensacola Business Radio, where business is good and your work matters. Mm-hmm.